WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 59, all about the field of Cormallon. Cormallon? Cormallon? Chapter 4, Book 6 of The Return of the King, being the 59th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined by my detention buddies from the restricted section. Did you like that, guys? Uh, Christina. And then for the first time joining us is Brooke. Yay. Welcome, guys. Hi. Yay. Mary Clay, I think it's pronounced Cormac McLagan. <laughs> the fields of Cormac McLagan. You are not... I hate to tell you this, you're not the first person to make that joke to me. Oh, no. I thought I was being so <laughs> clever. Oh, It's okay. Man. I'll cut out the part where I said you're not the... No, because... No, it's genuine. It was my friend Bethany who made that joke to me, and I know that she'll she listen deserves and it. she'll be she'll be mad because she'll be like, "I made that joke to you <laughs> two days ago." Quite frankly, the okay. entirety of this title sounds like this battle might happen in an Irish pub. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's the other thing is like, oh, field of cor cor uh, uh, cormalin 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 sounds right. There's no Great. dot, so I would assume cormalin instead of cormalin. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Great. Um, but I am talking out of my Since when? You know, talking just out of left field. So we'll, we'll see. You could say, I'm, it's okay. I'm trying real hard. You can I'm talking throw, you out of my one in there every now and okay. then. Okay, so I guess, yeah, so backing up a little bit. So I've already started getting a lot of great results from the listener survey. Listener, if you're listening right now and you haven't taken the listener survey, um, go do that now. Also, take a shot for every time I just said listen. Um, I'm I'm drunk already. (laughs) Um, And one of the comments... I. Uh, I can't see, like, who submitted, like, what answers. One of the comments said, get more people from the restricted section on. And I had already, like, been planning to have Christina come on. So I was like, oh, let me get one more person to come on with Christina. This will be fun. And Brooke was available and hadn't come on yet. So welcome, Brooke, to to That's What I'm Talking About. Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into Lord of the Rings and like what your your background is with it. So I started my love of Lord of the Rings by watching the movies. Uh, it was my very first PG-13 movie, Fellowship of the Rings. Wow. Aww. I was at a sleepover and I had to call home and request special permission from my mother because I had never been able to watch a PG-13 movie and I wasn't 13 yet. I was like 11 or 12. So it was a real transformative experience for me on that. I love that. Um, my, I wanted to, uh, I wrote this down. So I, after that day in my fifth grade journal, I wrote a journal entry about the fact that I had watched Lord of the Rings and um, it's real bad. Oh my- Oh my gosh, do you have, you're literally pulling yeah, it out right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm going to read it for you. It's not, I'm going to read you. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to read you the most relevant section because uh, it's me talking about the characters. So I said, the coolest thing about the Fellowship is they all have their own specialties. Aragon, sword, Legolas, bow and arrow, Gimli, axe, Boromir, also sword, Mary, sword, Frodo, sword, <laughs> Pippin, sword, Sam, sword. I guess a lot of them use swords. <laughs> okay, I have to ask. I have to ask. Did you get Aragorn's name wrong originally, or did you just pronounce it wrong now? Oh, did I pronounce it wrong? Yes, it's, you said Aragorn. You said Aragorn, but also 
everybody does occasionally. So. Yeah, no, yeah. Aragorn. Um, it's written atrociously. Sword, sword, sword. I was really uh, attempt. I was taking some wild swings at how those were all spelled. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> so anyhow, uh, I thought that I had it all figured out, and the Fellowship was actually a um, superhero trio. And turns out that that is not the case. That is so beautiful and wholesome. <laughs> Boromir also sword. Yeah. <laughs> Frodo sword. Sam, so, which, like, I would argue the hobbits are most definitely not sword people. If anything, Sam's only weapon is a frying pan and unending optimism. Oh, <laughs> There's no difference between him and Rapunzel. Oh, that's pretty spot from, from on. tangled Rapunzel. That's pretty spot you know? on. They are the same person. I'm into that. Yeah. They, wow. both, they both sing a lot. A little too much. Yeah. Yeah. Mandy Moore. So... <laughs> You know what I hate about Tangled is that as a person with brown hair, mm. they 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 symbolize her hair when it they're like, but when you cut my hair, it loses all of its magic and it becomes dead and lifeless and it turns brown. Oh yeah, um, I'm like Claire from seriously. Claire from forgot to unpack pod um was talking about that on Twitter about how Disney hates brunettes. Yeah. It's very true. I think most people um, hate brunettes in, in their soul because truthfully, we are evil. I was going to say, I also hate myself <laughs> a little so bit. there's so many of you. That's why I've dyed my hair every color of not brunette under the dang sun. <laughs> um, so, y'all, we did it. We destroyed the ring. I say we. Gollum did it. Sam and Frodo did not destroy the ring. <laughs> Yep. The circle of life. They got it so close (laughs) and tripped at the 50-yard line. (laughs) But to be honest, to be honest, this chapter had me, like, weeping. It's so, like, it goes, like, from, like, such a low to such a high so quickly that I was, like, reading it aloud to my husband and just, like, weeping, and he was like laughing at me <laughs> i was like it's beautiful because they think that all is lost and it's okay because they did what they're supposed to and now he wakes up and he's so comfy in bed it's just so beautiful oh i have an important question is um sorry yes. i should have asked this before we started is the silmarillion considered spoilers you? for you um i don't think so i'm just not I'm wondering. really it, I consider it if if you're gonna share some kind of some like cool like folklore that kind of like adds to this point. Yeah, in the Haley, story. Haley shared the Gandalf is a demigod thing. Oh yeah, that, like how does because like how does that did affect? She? This? I don't remember. Oh well, Man. she did. I'm sure so many of my guests have told me so many like cool background information things that I have zero memory <laughs> of, and I apologize for that. I'm only asking because this chapter for the most part starts out with the eagles and like the eagles until you read the silmarillion are the most are the least explained concept in this book okay thank you yes that was like one of my questions that we'll we'll get to when the eagles show up in the chapter but yeah i was like okay eagles all right okay so first the story so the previous chapter previously on Lord of the Rings. Frodo and Sam watched Gollum fall to his demise with the ring and they stood outside the volcano and were like, well, at least we're together in a totally platonic, not gay way at all. Two bros chilling in the hot tub, five feet apart because they're not gay. At the end of all things. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's a little bit gay. Everything's a little bit gay. Everything about their entire storyline is a lot of bit gay. There's a song from the musical Avenue Q, and it's it's Everyone's a Little Bit Racist. I want to follow up to that song that says Everything's a Little Bit Gay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? 
Anyway, yes, yeah, so they have, the ring has literally just been destroyed. The world is about to self-destruct, I guess. We jump back in this chapter to the big battle. I was so hype because the field of, of Chromalin to me said like, oh, we're going to have this battle on this, on the field of Cormalin. And it's going to be huge and epic and Sauron's going to be trying to like fight his last fight even though the ring has been destroyed and we're going to take him down and someone's going to stab him in the eye. He's going to need some Visine after that. (laughs) So I was really hyped. And instead we get like quick cuts between the four. Yeah. Just like people staring. Literally. Like the battle, you flip the page and like the battle's over. And I was like, oh. Uh, okay. Alrighty then. Okay, I guess I guess we did that. So it starts off with Aragorn standing dramatically overlooking the battle like he always does. I love how the language that he uses changes here because obviously we know that the ring has been destroyed and that like hope is about to be restored to the world. They don't know it right now. But I like the subtle use of the way that he uses like certain words that really like change the tone. It says, uh, Aragorn stood beneath his banner, silent and stern, as one lost in thought of things long past or far away. But his eyes gleamed like stars that shine the brighter as the night deepens. Upon the hilltop stood Gandalf, and he was white and cold, and no shadow fell on him. And just those the stars shining bright, Gandalf being white, I guess, because <laughs> Tolkien loves that, you know, white is good Tolkien symbolism. loves white people. <laughs> loves them white people. Man, what a, what a, di- what a diverse <laughs> book. What a great diverse book. So I just appreciate the, those, like, very subtle uses of of words that like totally changed the tone of this and now you're heading into this because when we were last with this group of people it was despairing and doom and like pippin was dying yeah it was not good and then now it's like gandalf there no shadow fell on him aragorn has some kind of like twinkle in his eye for some reason that things are looking up for for this crowd of people Yeah, the language is definitely pretty as hell. I think it was two chapters ago now that you were talking about, like, oh, I guess Tolkien's a good writer. How dare you make me feel my own feelings? Um, But, like, I I said, I was reading this chapter aloud, and it almost read kind of like a Shakespearean sonnet. Like, the cadence was really lovely for a lot of these, like, great long paragraphs. And the word choice was just so, yeah, just really, it was really lovely to read. And, like, for the first time, it felt truly hopeful instead of, like, false sam optimism yeah Yeah. (laughs) of like well yeah we're gonna die but maybe we'll this ring first oh my god i already already failed i already failed the cursing (laughs) test that's fine (laughs) i mean i my favorite like line of that beginning is the onslaught of mordor broke like a wave on the beleaguered hills it's just such a beautiful moment of this i mean really letting it sink in for a second before we eagle s machina our way out of this yeah oh yeah that like even the hills are tired you know like because so much of uh lord of the rings tolkien is showing that there's connection between these people and the land like they are defending their kingdom they are part of the world in which they live and the fact that the hills that surround them would be almost you know personified in the sense that they have the feeling of the weariness of battle along with the characters i just really enjoyed 
the hills have eyes? Is that what you mean by um, personified? No. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think I'm misunderstanding. This is now a The Hills Have Eyes podcast. Um, I hope you guys watched the movie. That's also It's also a book, right? Yeah, read the book. I hope we did all those things. Broken, neither Brooke nor I enjoy scary horror movies. Horror books are a genre that I extra don't understand because like a horror movie, at least it's like two hours and it's over. Committing to a whole book of horror is a feeling that I don't agree with like why yeah I struggle a lot with that because honestly Stephen King is one of my favorite authors but like 80% of his books I have no interest in reading at all but like god that 20% I've read them all (laughs) I don't know some I mean like some of the like best books that I've read have been uh like horror suspense kind of a a book I love a thriller suspense because I think it's I think it's the hardest genre to write like how do you write horror when horror movies rely on so much like atmosphere like it's all about the mu it's all about the way that you edit a horror movie that makes it scary the music like if you were to take the music out of any horror movie it would be way less scary they rely on like cheap jump scares and stuff like that so like when a horror book is written well it's really written well have you seen um have you seen the movie mother with with, jennifer um, lawrence in it is that what the one Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, I have not. It's not um it's not a horror. It's a it's a it's a visceral metaphor. <laughs> yeah, but it has no soundtrack and so it's like just like it like um it's like to me it's like worse than music because you can hear like she's like doing dishes and it's like squish 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 it's like sensory That's overload. That's still like the use of sound though to heighten yeah, the senses. Like definitely. you can't do that with a book. Which is so amazing when, like, you turn the page and you're like, oh, my God, what the hell? Oh, my God, no. Take it back. (laughs) Burn this book. But then you have to keep reading because you're like, what? Maybe it's all a dream. I don't know. I don't know. Like, get me out of (laughs) here. Yes. So as Aragorn is uh, standing on the, hey, I have the same, same book. Christina. Squirrel! The whatever anniversary it's edition. It's the, for me, it's, I like, I like a minimal book design, you know? So I like that it's just very, I don't know. Yeah, very, they're like, pretty sexy. I have, um, your face. I have many editions of these books, as I have bragged drunkenly to you about before. Um, but I've been reading the illustrated editions of Harry Potter and I'm so, f- so sick of carrying those gigantic giant things giant around that I've, I was like, I want like a regular. Is that what you, do like, you have the giant, is. you have the one that has all of yeah. the I, I books in one? No, this is just the Return of the King. So this is the, oh, this is oh. the illustrated edition by Alan Lee. That's the, I have that same edition of the Simlorillion yeah. that I've shown you. I would say the best thing about it is that I would consider it to be lightly illustrated. Like it's not a bunch of illustrations, but it's like impactful ones where it matters. Nice. Um, shoot. What was I talking? We were talking about books. We are talking about the chapter. We are talking about the chapter. I mean, the eagles come. I think the next thing that happens is the eagles come. come. And right now, all that's popping into my brain is there is a great 10 to 15 minute short film that my friends and I in high school were obsessed with. It's called Eagles Are Turning People Into Horses. It's by uh, the comedians uh, on YouTube, Britannic. They do a lot of like short 
comedic, very like smart comedic YouTube videos. And this was a film project that one of them did as like a graduating project for like film school. And he was supposed to take it seriously and he didn't. He like nearly got kicked out of his school for making this because it's so dumb and ridiculous. And it's exactly (laughs) what you think it is. It's about eagles are turning people into horses. And it's (laughs) so these eagles are not turning people into horses unfortunately for gandalf because he would love that you know he would love for there to be more horses in the world although the nazgul would make some terrifying horses though (laughs) <laughs> like horses are powerful creatures Just flying horses yeah like oh yeah you get behind a horse and it'll kill you 100 percent. even worse let's imagine the eagles come in they turn all of the nazgul into horses and now there's just raining horses down on the battlefield <laughs> oh, oh my God. that's terrifying yeah so they come in and i don't know screech at the nazgul but at this point they're obviously like the eagles didn't know that simultaneously as they were showing up that the ring was being destroyed and other than rescuing sam and frodo they don't really do much for this for the for the story you know they just show up but god that one task (laughs) is so important so they rescue they just show up and they freak the nazgul out i guess yeah it's yeah they like they're not the ones that like fight the Nazgul, like they, the Nazgul, just like sh- shrivel away, kind of, because the ring was destroyed. Let's talk about the eagles again after you read The Hobbit and see Actually, how you're. I don't know. Changes. I feel like the eagle- eagles end up falling into the same category for me as Tom Bombadil, where like Tolkien created this whole like super powerful race of beings, and then was like, "Ooh, it was too much. I turned the volume up too much on those, and I I can't have them further <laughs> involved because if they are, it'll be too much." But I'm not willing to just take them. No, out. can't cut them. Because I love them. Can't cut them. <laughs> but literally... Nobody ever told Tolkien that he had to kill his darlings. He's, like, it's, they're a whole race of creatures. Like, they are created before uh, before men. They're created before most of... Everyone except the dwarves, I believe. They might have been created before the elves, actually. And they're, they're this whole race of super-powered eagles that, for the most part, don't... Like, they don't care. They don't mess with people. Like, they're literally above it all and that they're nesting in the mountains, kind of overlooking everything. He, I have only seen him use them to swoop down and pluck people. <laughs> that's all they do. I was good. That's, yeah, that's my, so you're, you mentioned the Silmarillion and stuff. So maybe they're in The Hobbit too. So I get, so maybe the, the eagles are more explained in those two, but, but right now, they feel very random. They're like they're explained yeah. in the Silmarillion, and all they do is this, which is fly in and pluck people. It just seems so like where have you been this whole time? And then they sh- it's very it's very Deus ex, ex machina. Like y- like you can't said. just ask an eagle for a ride, okay? They they came willingly and said, "What do you need?" You can't just be like, "Hey, eagles, it's Gandalf again." These hobbits need a ride to Mount Doom. Yeah, we're in the Shire. We'll wait for you I on mean, the corner. But for them to like suddenly decide that they're invested in this makes almost as little sense, you know? Yeah, it's just well, especially after how long it took for um, Merry and Pippin to talk like the Ents, for example, into getting involved. Yes. It's like how do we rouse these like ancient creatures? You don't. They just have to decide that they care all of a sudden. Yeah, which is. Similar, I'd say, to people who usually don't vote in presidential elections. We need to somehow rouse this ancient 
<laughs> I w- untapped power this year. <laughs> I was going to say hot take as a religious allegory. This works even better of just constantly hoping and praying. And then it's like, I guess you've moved me to care. <laughs> I'm flooding her. Um... <laughs> Make sure you're registered to vote, everyone listening. So the eagles fly, swoop in and I'm sure caw a bunch and make a lot of screeches. And <laughs> I don't know what eagles do. Like supersonic, like wear your earplugs. Oh my God, the eagles. The eagles. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're, they're here. It immediately says that the eagle don't actually even scare off the Nazgul because the Na- it literally says the Nazgul turned and fled and vanished into Mordor's shadows, hearing a sudden terrible call out from the dark tower. Yeah, so they were being, I'm assuming this is the point where Frodo had put on the ring and then, or and that that's when Sauron was like, oh, hey, I see you, boy. I see you all across across the way over there on Mount Doom. I see what you're doing. You think you're being sneaky, but you're not. And I'm assuming this is him, like, calling all of the dark forces over to him, and then in the time of them, like, turning around and going back in that direction, that's when the ring is destroyed and they, like, wither out. They do a Voldemort death. I swear to God, I'm gonna stop bringing up Harry Potter. I hate... We will get to this in seven no, years when we it. cover Deathly Hollows <laughs> on, on Restricted <laughs> Section, but I can't emphasize how much i hate voldemort's death in the movies enough i know because it's so powerful in the books because she writes that like his butt that like tom riddle's body fell hollow to the ground and he was carried off into a different room it makes a whole i made a mistake that like he's human (laughs) (laughs) he's human in this point he is mortal, he yeah. is human, and he is dead. And then in the movie, they're like, what body? You mean... He's a, a ghost. A pinata full of <laughs> confetti? Okay. <laughs> so, oh my okay. god, I'm so sorry. So Aragorn that. seeing the eagles, which rouses his, I don't know, moral spirit, morale, that's what it's called, says... Wait, is it even Aragorn? No, it might just be Gandalf. It's Gandalf. It's Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a long thing but i'm still gonna read it. it says stand men of the west stand and wait this is the hour of doom very inspiring love it and even as he spoke the earth rocked beneath their feet then rising swiftly up far above the towers of the black gate high above the mountains a vast soaring darkness sprang into the sky flickering with fire the earth groaned and quaked the towers of the teeth swayed tottered and fell down the mighty rampart crumbled The black gate was hurled in ruin, and far away, now dim, now growing, now mounting to the clouds, there came a drumming rumble, a roar, a long echoing roll of ruinous noise, followed by, The realm of Sauron is ended, said Gandalf. The ring bearer has fulfilled his quest. And that's how Lord of the Rings ends. Thank we're you done for here. Great. Sean was like, "Oh, I didn't know you were doing the last chapter." Yeah, and I was like, "This is this is not the last <laughs> chapter." What do this you? This is think? the beginning of the world's longest denouement. Uh... <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! So yeah, so this is remember how at the beginning I was like, "All right, we're gonna have an epic battle." It to me, this was reminiscent of. I'm sorry, y'all. We're just. I have. 
we're all on a Harry Potter podcast together. It's just going to come up. <laughs> it's our only to frame me, of reference. It's very reminiscent of when, of like the second half of the Battle of Hogwarts after Harry has, he's gone into the forest to die and then he comes back and everyone's like, oh my God, he's alive. And there's suddenly this renewed strength and hope and it's like an epic yeah. battle and then Voldemort dies and everyone's happy and Neville and Spoiler. Luna are together Spoiler. for Spoiler. some reason. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like that, where it's like a hopeful battle. Yet, yeah, no, it's it's literally like, we're all about to die. The, yeah, Gandalf literally says, this is the hour of doom. Yeah. And then everything crumbles. And then he's like, just kidding. This is the end of Sauron. <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, okay, I guess. I, I guess we're I guess we're done then. All these nights are like, I got all dressed up. Now yes. I got nowhere to go. All dressed for a yes. fight. What am I supposed well, to do with these swords? All you get this a, like really beautiful. <laughs> if you played this the right way, it's the most comedic take of a battle ever because literally they're they're fighting each other and everyone's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's just like everything falls down, all the towers, all the gates. And then it's like a hush fell. And it's like this moment where it's like everybody's looking at each other, swords drawn, all the towers come down. Everybody just stops still for five seconds. And then the bad guys all collectively go, run away. <laughs> <laughs> and they just... Go scattering back. <laughs> yeah, uh, it definitely is um, a full retreat, to say yeah. the least. Yeah. So what? Whatever powers of evil and and Sauron and whatever haven't withered away to dust, a la Infinity War, flee and run. Or I think later on it mentions that like. Yeah, yeah, it mentions that they, like, try and run away or, or, or hide or, or something like that. But point being is that, oh, snap, I guess it's over. We did it, y'all. And I was low-key disappointed because I was like, Sauron wasn't ever there. Do we ever see Sauron? No. What? No, no you don't see Are Sauron. Are you kidding no. me? He's, like, he's like bigger than that. He's also a scaredy pants. Like, like canonically. He's the scary yeah. pants. He sends other people to do his bidding because he doesn't like getting his hands dirty. And he learned that, you know, yeah. from his like master who taught him how to evil. It makes me so mad because I literally have spent like the last year that I've been reading these books thinking that there's going to be some final battle. And That's Sauron's... why there's like an eye of Sauron and like there's a person who's like the mouth of Sauron. It's because you ain't never going to see Sauron. I'm so mad about this. No, I'm going to tell you that right <laughs> yeah. now. Nah, Don't. I'm so mad yeah, about he, this. Yeah, he does. It's like, I almost, I mean, Tolkien is really into, like, either you're good or you're evil. And it's like, he just, like, isn't even a person. He's, like, the embodiment He's more of a of concept. Evil. He's, like, this dark force. Yeah, he's more of a concept, exactly. Who, like, manifests in certain ways. I like this crazy eye tower Also, thing. like, hearkening back to this being based on his... World War One experiences, except it's not based on his World War One experiences, whatever Tolkien. It's also kind of, I guess, similar to what it's like in a war when you're just like the everyday soldier where like you're not on the battleground fighting Hitler, you know, like yeah. the the main powerful people that you're fighting against aren't going to be there fighting well, in the fight. and also i mean a lo- most of the nazis never met hitler it's like he's like this great giant i just finished reading a world war ii book he's like this great concept that like children are aspiring to be you know they like i also just watched jojo rabbit it's like they like dream of him you know they're like trained they're like taught 
that he's like this big crazy thing and it's like nah he just a dude and he kills himself spoiler alert hitler kills himself <laughs> world war ii spoiler alert. <laughs> so damn it i was yeah. just finishing that book i'm so mad it's like this person person in quotes because Sauron's not really a person yeah. like creates this concept that's like bigger it gets bigger than they can possibly like hold and does like a slight harken back one of the things that the uh the forces of evil do in this is they mentioned that they were scattering to hide but also some of them just start like killing themselves because oh yeah yeah, yeah that's the other they're thing. like yeah. throwing them they like literally slew themselves casting themselves into pits what's that word i always forget the japanese Seppuku? word yeah, so I think it more speaks to the I think it speaks more to the fact that the forces of evil are a hive mind, you know, without the brain, yeah. what do they do? Oh, we've heard some orc conversations. They need a brain. Somebody 100%. help. Them. Oh, yeah, they dumb. They dumb. Man, I think I've told you before, Mary Kelly, that these Lord of the Rings video games that I love so much, they're all orc. It's the it's the Shadow of War and the Shadow of Mordor ones um, for listeners. And, like, it's all about just fighting orcs. Um, and, like, y- it's, like, an open world game. So you can, like, creep up to these, like, any orc in this world. And they're all having these, like, different moronic conversations about bullshit, bullsh- b- about nonsense. <laughs> Did you hear me replace the word bullshit with bullshit? <laughs> Great, now I have to edit that out. <laughs> that is actually one of the only video games I've ever played because when I was in a failing relationship, he loved playing video games and I never played them. So we bought that as a commonality point because we both loved Lord of the Rings and it ended up being Oh, but it's a one player. Me watching him play it. Yeah, it's a one yeah, player. It did game. not save the relationship. You need, like, like, Mario Kart. You need Mario Kart All right. book. <laughs> I was no, that starts fights. That Mario Kart starts fights. For all of the, I, my husband and I play a lot of video games together. This is for all the listeners out there. A, a video game to build a better relationship is something like Mario Odyssey or Mario Galaxy, where you can play as a team, and it's not that hard. You're not going to fight about it. And in Mario Odyssey, you get to be a little hat. A little hat. You get to be Mario's or, little hat. I recommend not owning a TV or game console at all, as me and my fiance <laughs> do. You end up spending a lot of time uh, talking to each other, playing board games, and reading. Well. I mean, you've met Sean. He's not good at that. Any of that. <laughs> you're also you're talking to the person who I literally just bought a whole new brand spanking new memory card for my Switch that's like three times the size that my old memory card was just so I could download oh, yeah. The Witcher 3. So Yeah, that's such a good game. Sean's been playing that on the PC. It was on sale, like on the Nintendo eShop, like I want to say it has to have been like a couple months ago now at this point. So I bought it, but I didn't have nearly enough space to download it because it needs like, <laughs> it, like literally before yeah. you buy it, it's like, warning, you need a heck ton of space if you want to download this game. And I was like, oh, I'll figure that out later. I'm sure I have enough. I did not have enough. And today is the day. And yeah, I just started it playing it today <laughs> and I'm ter- I'm literally... <laughs> I'm like getting gobsmacked by ghouls and just being like, wait, which which one's which button is the is the spell thing? Oh no, no, that's that's jump. No, oh oh no, okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway. Brooke, don't hate. I know you like I Geralt. like Henry Cavill and all his many forms. Mm. <sighs> oh, I just like mm. the one form. I like me a blonde man. Oh my god, he has Legolas hair, and you know I love Legolas oh, too. Legolas I'm, is not my type. I think I think like the light blonde half pony really feeds into <laughs> all my like bisexual tendencies. I'm just like, ooh, you can have both, you know? 
All right. It's not the restricted sex. We're veering into dangerous territory. Um, yeah, this is the Henry Cavill Stan podcast. Um, welcome. I love him. Oh, my it's just God. Delightful. I'm here for I that, would for totally sure. watch mm. him in a Lord of the Rings remake as Faramir. That would be my cast for him. I feel like he's got the right heart for it. Oh, Faramir deserves mm-hmm. to look like that. IDK, I want him to be Aragorn because I know Aragorn's in a lot more of the story than Faramir. And I want to be able to look at him a lot more. <laughs> Aragorn already has everything. Theo was but I guess person. that like quiet What if Aragorn? Yeah, he's good. I think like the way Viggo Mortensen like talks yes. is so no, no, no. good. For I want too. I want a version of Lord of the Rings where Henry Cavill plays Frodo, <laughs> 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 but like nobody mentions that he's twice exactly. as tall as the rest of the Hobbit. And then Sam is a horse. Wait, it's the Witcher. We're back to the Witcher. <laughs> And I'm here for oh, it. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. Wait, Sam is Bill the Pony. <laughs> oh, yeah instead, of, yeah. instead of Roach, it's it's Bill the Pony. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, oh my God. So speaking Where of Sam we? and Frodo, we jump to them. They are in, like, escaping the volcanic eruption that is Mount Doom. Wait, I immediately... I immediately started crying at the very first line of this section. I was like weeping and Sean like ripped off my sunglasses to bear witness to my tears. Oh my gosh, you're... I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read the line that makes me weep. (laughs) (sighs) I am glad that you are here with me, said Frodo, here at the end of all things, Sam. (laughs) Oh, actual weeping. I mean, to imagine them being, especially with Sam being still so optimistic, like thinking of home. In this moment, thinking of like happy thoughts, he's like, while they're still yeah, surrounded we'll, by we'll lava, get home. like the heat alone. <laughs> Meanwhile, the lavas—they've escaped to this like one little hill, and the lava is just like slowly creeping up around them. Sam is like, "Don't worry, Frodo. Soon we'll be home, and they'll be telling the story of Nine-Fingered oh Frodo and the Ring of Doom." And yeah, like, I wonder, I wonder what that will be like. Won't that be fun? I literally lose heart on a 10 minute walk to the grocery store in the middle of summer when I decide that I can totally do it. (laughs) And I cannot imagine being as hot and sad and surrounded by lava. In a pit of fire. Right. And he's like, well, soon it'll all be done. We'll snap our fingers. This will be gone. The way that Sam talks to Frodo in this bit specifically reminds me of trying to get drunk girlfriends home from the bar. Just like, you know me, like, you know me, like, I'm just lame. Like, I'm really trying to get home. Like, I know I would leave you here. You're fine here, Emily. It's always Emily. Um, just like, come on, like, oh, like, let's just get to the end of this alleyway. Let's see what's over there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. We're like, every step of the way, your friend is like, I have to pee. I'm cold. And it's like, I know, but like, we're almost there. It's just one more block. But really, it's like four more blocks. And you just. <laughs> you tell them it's one more block for like an hour. Exactly. <laughs> and you're like, it's just one more block. Like, you're doing great. Okay, but just imagine. Don't think about being cold right now. In like five minutes, we're going to be back at your apartment. It's going to be so <laughs> warm. You can take off the dumb clothes that you put on because of the patriarchy. And you can. Put on your sweatpants and your sweatshirt. And hey, (laughs) hey, you had a bag. 
of pizza rolls in the freezer, we can make some pizza rolls, won't that? Tostitos and pizza like, rolls. Pizza rolls, and then pick up speed. <laughs> That's exactly what this is like. Yes, yeah. just like telling them a story to engage them, so they don't like remember yeah, the pain what yeah, they're basically, doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my god! Just like all the little lines. Just like even while Sam spoke, so to keep fear away until the very last. It's like he knows he's gonna die, and he just wants to like. Comfort he wants to like Frodo. keep the peace as long as like, he can. My sads yeah. hit when it said like he saw them fall, worn out or choked with fumes and heat, or stricken down by despair yeah. at last, hiding their eyes from death. And just this image of these these guys <sighs> who have been through so much and ultimately were able to like kind of like alley oop succeed, right? And like at definitely this was moment, an alley oop. That's exactly what at that the last was. moment they're literally just like hiding they're literally children they're covering their eyes in the face of death so not to get super morbid but (laughs) i um i have been to pompeii as well as like this time last year the science museum had this exhibit about pompeii um Mm -hmm. and Whenever you learn about Pompeii or do research or or visit there or whatever, they will show you at some point, like, molds that they have found of people who are, like, buried underneath the ash from Vesuvius erupting. It's, like, a really interesting process of, like, how they went, how they go about, like, making these molds. And But, like, that's kind of what I was imagining here is they, the, like, quote-unquote bodies that they uncovered from Pompeii, you're able to see, like... Oh, they're hunched over in a fetal position and they're covering their mouths because they're trying not to inhale the gas and the ashes and everything. And that was like just super reminiscent right right here of like Frodo and Sam cowering in fear, kind of like holding each other. And I think there's even like a famous mold that they found from Pompeii of two people who were like holding each other in their last moments, which like... (laughs) (laughs) Christina's crying. (laughs) Right, but in the pit of this despair, if you're looking for a god metaphor, here comes an eagle at their lowest moment to pick them up. Yeah, so all that that being said about death and destruction and people dying, uh, so sad. Here comes the eagles! (laughs) Gwei here, by the way, is the name of the main one. Also, apparently they can talk. I don't know if I knew that already, but... (laughs) All eagles can talk. Uh, so they swoop in, get Sam and Frodo at some point. Sam passes out and that's it. And then he wakes up. And he's like, what? Why not put a chapter break here? Sorry to interrupt. But like, why the f*** not? It would be such a short... Okay, so here's the thing that I'm going to talk about more probably when we get to the end of this chapter. Is that this part of the story doesn't feel like Lord of the Rings anymore to me. It feels like an out-of-body experience because of the way that he's structured. An out-of-book experience. Interesting. Of, like, we... I'll, I'll, I'll wait until the end since we, after we've, like, gone through the whole chapter. As a, as a quick note, has anyone mentioned to you yet that Lord of the Rings-sized eagles were once a real species that existed in New Zealand? What now? So... <laughs> There was a species of eagles called the host eagles, H-A-A-S-T, and they had the like the size of my bedroom, which sorry listeners at home, wingspan, and they were infamous for like snatching babies out of people's arms because they hunted <gasps> these giant creatures called moa 
which are like a, a two-legged walking bird thing. It's wild. Um, but anyhow, host eagles were an actual Lord of the Rings-sized eagle that lived in New Zealand like uh, concurrently with human beings and ultimately died out because most of their prey was hunted into extinction. But they're a real thing. I'm looking at like artist renderings on Google. 33 right now. pounds. I want to see like how large, like how large are its wings. Also, like what's interesting about that, Brooke, is that Tolkien in no way would have known that his series would be filmed in New Zealand. No, you know. Oh, like that's, that's funny. weird. Yeah. That's just the kind of place where you're, where you just are. You're gonna find big eagles. That's there, some you know Illuminati, I mean? sh- you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Sam wakes up. And Gandalf walks in and Sam is like, oh, well, I guess I'm dead. Because I literally, (laughs) I say this like every time that Gandalf is brought up during the like Sam and Frodo portion of the story. And I can't seem to drill it in my mind. But every time it happens, I have this terrible realization that, oh, my God, they don't know that Gandalf is back. (laughs) Like they think all of their friends are dead at this point. Honestly, all my friends are dead. Even a beat before that, he literally wakes up and gets like a biggie, like it was all a dream moment. And he's like literally <laughs> looking around, and Can then as like a dun dun dun, he's like, it was real. The finger is missing. <laughs> like that's his moment. You get this weird like robber mm. bridegroom moment where it's like the only proof that it wasn't a dream was the existence of the missing finger, or I guess the lack yeah. thereof. <laughs> And then it's like Gandalf, uh, and Gandalf's man. just like, "Hey, dude, um, how you feeling?" Yeah, Gandalf is like, too... <laughs> yeah, so casual. Yeah, exactly. He's very, he's very Dumbledore at the end of Sorcerer's Stone right now, of visiting Harry in the hospital. Like, oh, Harry, I think I'm gonna have these birdie bots, every flavored beans. Oh, by the <laughs> way, I'm not gonna tell you for five more years why Voldemort tried to kill you. <laughs> I, I just really like the way that um, Gandalf handles the news of the king for this. Like, this is exactly how I w- this is how I would play it. If I if I was Gandalf in this situation, I'd be like, dude, the king wants to see you. We got to go. Who's the king? What's going on? Dude, come on. The king. It's he the wants king to of see you. Like, yeah. like, it's just the king. Like, um, we got to go. And then it's like, hey, it's Aragorn. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he mentioned, they're like, how long have you been asleep? They've been asleep for 14. He says the 14th of the new year. And I was like, what? I was so confused. I was like, do they have their new year in like the middle of the well, year? He then explains and apparently they the do new, now. New year. They do now. But in Gondor, the new year will always now begin on the 25th of March when Sauron fell and when you were brought out of the fire to the king. He has tended to you now and he awaits you. Sam, yeah, Sam is like, what king? And I'm like, Sam, literally who else? <laughs> and Frodo wakes up. And Frodo's like, oh, I woke up this afternoon. Ha ha ha. (laughs) And Sam is like, okay, fine. And they get dressed and go outside and like everyone is awaiting. Oh, also, side note, I'm low key a little upset that like they didn't wake up in Lothlorien. I'm hoping we get back to Lothlorien. I'm assuming we have to because we have to. Shoot, I don't think Arwen is at Lothlorien. I think when we saw her, she was in She's Rivendell. She's in Rivendell. I don't... Whatever. You're gonna figure it out. Dro- drop that Yo, concern. Okay, you're okay, gonna great. figure it out. Perfect. Um, I can't wait for, like, the next chapter. It's like, and so they went to Lothlorien. And 
so <laughs> like in terms of like what they wear because i think this is an important note um they because they're asking like well what should we wear and gandalf says the clothes that you wore on your way to mordor even the orc rags that you bore in the black land frodo shall be preserved no silks and linens nor any armor or heraldry could be more honorable as much as this is not uh, about his world war one experience the idea of the soldier returning home from battle in uniform you know this idea that like what they wear during these heroic deeds is of import and that nothing is more important than the the burden that they've borne because and it's okay to show that it's okay to be open about the fact that like hey we struggled on your behalf like we did this and this is like this is a piece of that like look upon this and be in awe that we did this for you yeah so they they come out everyone's singing of course they're singing Classic. in a language, partially in a language that I'm not sure of, and I could have looked up, but I didn't. Are we singing, or are we just saying praise them with great praise, like, 90 times? Oh, Yes, yeah, it says, God. so here are the English words in this song. Long live the halflings, praise them with great praise. Praise them with great praise, Frodo and Samwise. Praise them, praise them, praise them, the ring bearer. <laughs> Praise them with great praise. This is this is that John Mulaney quote where he's talking about what it's like to grow up in the church. The bread of bread is bread. Bread is God. So after the singing of and the praising and the praising and, and the glorifying, praising, so much and, praise. Oh wait, what's yeah, this? Don't forget the glorifying. More praising. Um, <laughs> they get to. A place where three, like, thrones are are sitting up above the rest. And who should be waiting there but Aragorn? I'm sorry. Aragorn! Or should I say Strider? Strider, Which Sam, Sam walks up and he's like, oh my god, Strider, what up? Wait, Sam walks up and says, if this isn't the crown of all. Like, he's just like, well, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> It's oh very cute. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. He is just shocked. <clears throat> that Which I just think is hilarious. Th- granted, they didn't have as much adventuring with Aragorn as the rest did. But like, even when Aragorn, even when they are introduced to Aragorn and he like recites his poem about like, eventually a king will return. Hmm, I wonder, like, I wonder who that king could be. Anyway, this poem, is, this poem is deeply personal to me and represents who I am as a person. <laughs> Whatever. Like, just the fact that, like, Sam never once thought, it, like, never crossed his mind that Aragorn would be a king. Sam's, like, not a, he's not, like, a percolator, you know? He, like, he's not pondering stuff in that in that That's way. true, but yeah, yeah. This line in particular is, like, remember at the beginning I was, like, this read aloud kind of, like, Shakespeare, and, like, this line in particular, it is a long way, is it not, from Brie, where you did not like mm-hmm. the look of me? Yeah. It's, just, it's almost like Dr. Seuss, Oh, yeah, like, very much. Yeah. Adorable. I also picked up on that, that it rhymed, and I was like, I kind of hate this, but okay. I did well yeah I was reading it aloud and I was like now I sound like an idiot but <laughs> well I love the fact that they get immediate payoff like Sam was in the darkness with Frodo and Sam's like hey look like one day they're gonna tell our story and as soon as they wake up a minstrel comes in to be like allow me to tell you your story <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like Frodo, you know how Frodo was like, dude, I've been awake since 8 a.m. This was my afternoon nap. You've been asleep forever. I feel like Frodo woke up and was like, yo, Gandalf, can you like just like get get like a minstrel situation going? Because Sam really like, deserves it. Even that, better, you know? they kind of nailed the name with like Frodo of the Nine Fingers and the Ring of Doom. So, okay. Yeah. So that's my, that's what, so, so Aragorn gives this little speech and he's like, or is it Aragorn? Oh, a minstrel Where? of Gondor. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it says, I will tell you, I, for I will sing to you a Frodo of the Nine Fingers and the Ring of Doom. Everyone kind of laughed. And I was like, how the hell did they know what Sam was saying to Frodo in their death? Like, the only people that heard Sam say that were Sam and Frodo. And I don't, unless Frodo mentioned it in the couple That's of hours be- before Sam woke up, like... I was like, how do you know that? No, that's not. Let's go. This is kind of creepy. No, I don't like this. Or or it's a deeply uncreative nickname that's just pointing out one obvious like malformation on this individual. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, They're like. It's a critical to the story malformation at this juncture. It's true. It's true. It's true. Okay. Also to note, which I'm sure it represents something, which is why I want to bring it up, is Frodo is seated the chair or the throne or whatever that is underneath a flag that is green and it has like a white horse running around freely. And then Sam is seated. Shadow flag. And then that's what I thought too. But I was I'm, like, no, that's gotta be I'm Gandalf's pretty sure flag, that's right? Rohan's flag. Green green is with it? the white okay. horses, I think. That Rohan. makes makes sense. And then the other one, Sam is seated under and it's a blue flag with the ship in the sea and i'm that's like that's the elves yeah is it okay i was like i'm sure these me these i was like did they make these flags up that are like oh frodo you will be represented by the free spirit of a horse the elf ship thing is yet to be explained yeah because that's the because it's a swan shaped ship which is the like signature of elf ships oh right yeah they rode in them once okay so they just have the different flags yeah up. i think i guess the dwarves they don't get a flag well the dwarves didn't show up for the battle um yeah that you the, tell the, that to Gimli. Gimli. Just Gimli. how dare well, you the, the dwarves just yeah, have not done Gimli. anything it's like the one Gimli dwarf gets yeah his own like flag. good for Gimli repping but <laughs> oh, you know in it. terms of like hey who all pitched in for this like the dwarves are the kids in the back of the class being like put my name on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah true so they have this like little ceremony and they recount the tale of Frodo and Sam and the ring being destroyed. And then after this is all done, oh, they see, um, who is it? Yeah, they see Legolas and, or is it Legolas and Gimli? They see people being escorted, whatever. They see people being escorted in by two small children. But, oh, who is this? It's not two small children. It's Merry and Pippin. Classic. And they walk up. Classic Hobbit shenanigans. And they come up to Frodo and Sam and they're like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're alive. Oh, I missed you. Okay, well, we got to go because we're knights now and we have to do stuff. And I'm sure Frodo yeah. and Sam are just standing there like, what? They're all big well, and bad they're now. Actually, instead of focusing on the knight thing, the first thing they do when they're all hanging out is just like the most classic Hobbit move, which is like, are you taller than me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, which, so yes, good. they are, well, for I, sure. I just love so much that they're like, oh, like, you know, they drank ain't ain't draft. And Sam's literally like, I have no clue what that is. And no one makes an attempt to explain. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that's the, so that's what, so, and Legolas and Gimli join them, and do Gandalf and Aragorn 
join in? I feel like they do at one point. If they don't, I don't care. In my version of this, they do. They all just kind of like sit around and talk and catch up. And it's very cute and sweet and wholesome. And I love it. And they're all saying like, oh, well, let me think. In the time since we last saw you... Uh, oh, Boromir's dead, by the way. I think you knew that already. Um, oh, we met his brother, Faramir. He's real cool, but their dad, nuts. He tried to set Not cool. tried to set Faramir on fire. We got Faramir out, didn't get Denethor out. He did. But it's for it's for the best. <laughs> he real did. Oh, we woke up the Ents. That was cool. Sam's like, what's an Ent? And they ignore him we, again. We flooded Isengard. Or I guess that was the Ents. We were just kind of there to witness it, but whatever. And then Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas like, oh, we went to the Paths of the Dead. That was dope. This random girl showed up and killed the Witch King. That was kind of cool. <laughs> and Sam and Fred, they're all just kind of like, this is insane. I can't believe that we're here doing this right now. This is amazing and and great and fantastic. And then it wraps up with Gimli being like, LOL, pulled Pippin out of a pile of bodies. And like, no one acknowledges it. Okay, because here's the thing, is in typical Tolkien fashion, he has to fill in every single little bit of like anything that you're like, Oh, this is a that you could possibly be like, this is the plot hole. He's like, don't worry, I already covered it. He has to explain to you how Pippin was rescued because when we saw him in the battle at the end of book five, he was basically being buried alive by a bunch of dead bodies. <laughs> Like falling over on him, and the and the last he heard before he was passing out was the eagles are coming, and Tolkien has to explain. He has to explain to you that Gimli saw Pippin's foot sticking out of this pile of bodies and just yoinked him, and he like reached in and pulled him out, <laughs> and like because you know that that would have driven Tolkien insane. Had he and no not one else. written that. Exactly. Like, he, it would have kept him up at night. Meanwhile, everyone else is, like, sleeping peacefully, not worried about it in the slightest. Well, and then they all start, you know, talking about going to bed. And everyone's like, oh, but there's so many stories. And Legolas is like, I can kill the vibe, I think. I'm going to sing a song about me <laughs> departing on ships. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah so they, yeah, so... Yeah, Gandalf, like, orders Frodo and Sam to bed, and Gimli, this is when Gimli talks about how he rescued Pippin, Gimli uh, orders Pippin to bed so that they can all rest, and he is like, uh, he says, uh, to bed, now you go, and so shall I. And I, said Legolas, shall walk in the woods of this fair land, which is rest enough, which goes back to, I completely forgot about this really creepy character trait of, I guess, Legolas slash the elves is that they just don't sleep. Because in Two Towers, it notes that Legolas slept with his eyes open. And he's like, I'm going to go for a walk in the woods and, and not sleep. Good night. What I love about this is that Legolas is the kind of character who is never not bragging. Just like the facts of himself and his life are just always bragging. So it's like, hmm, have fun sleeping. I'm going to go run in the woods. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, and so singing, Legolas went away down the hill. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, have fun sleeping, suckers. No, 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 no. Skipping I away. I <laughs> really hope, and I will... Delete every episode of this podcast if this is true. I really no, hope. No, no. That, no, no, no. That is not our last 
the last time we see Legolas is him disappearing. Bye, Legolas. <laughs> Ooh, start deleting. <laughs> it's him disappearing off into the woods, singing and prancing by himself instead of going to bed like all the normal people. If that is the last we see of him, I will cry myself to sleep. Only time will tell. Brooke and Christina are making very cryptic faces at me. I, I've got I'm this, prepared to cry I've myself to sleep I've got this gorgeous tonight. illustration of an elf ship sailing into the Great. night. Br- Brooke is distracting me. <laughs> it's okay, Mary Clay. Come on. We're almost at the end of the chapter, and you have that bag of Tostino's pizza rolls in the freezer. <laughs> so they all... Is that, I think that's... Well, they, they basically say that they chill there for, like, a couple of months. Just, like singing and yeah. feasting and carrying on without the women folk. And then it's just like, and Sam really was mad that he didn't get to see the Oliphants. Yeah, and that's well, yeah, Sam's like, oh, I really hope I get to see an Oliphant soon. And they're like, oh, no, we, we killed Ooh, all of them. Extinct. <laughs> um, and then we end on this, like, really lovely note of literally they wait for, they wait to re-enter the city of Gondor as the sun is rising, the literal new day dawning, mm-hmm. the, like, era of the king, you know? Yes, yeah, so this is the last, in- for it was the eve of May, and the king would enter his gates with the rising of the sun. Because Aragorn is a dramatic b- The end. <laughs> okay, so, yep. yeah, so this is the end of the chapter. A couple, a couple, like, random things. One, now that, like, kind of, like, the battles are all over, the fights are over, it's just time to wrap up stuff from here on out. I cannot believe that the Ents didn't show up because that, like, these are, like, now we're getting into territory where these are predictions that I made where Mm -hmm. how I thought things would go at the end. The Ents did not show up again. Yeah. I really thought they would come through for it. Like, I thought they were going to be... I think it would have been better if the ants had showed up instead of the eagles. I don't know how they would have somehow <laughs> hard rescued. Agree. Wait, wait, wait. The ants are so flammable, though. <laughs> this is true. Hard, hard <laughs> agree, but they are made of wood. Like, it would have been such a, like, it would have been a better, like, literary device, I think, for like, oh, we haven't seen Definitely. the ants in such a long time. The last we saw them, they were like, no, we did our, we've done our thing against Saruman and we're, we're out. That's it for us. And then just when you think it's the, like, oh, everything is hopeless, we're going to lose, the ants show up and you're like, oh my God, they do care. Nope, they don't. <laughs> they don't care. They, they, don't. they reach the end of their giving it <laughs> like a, like a full book ago. I understand why the ant wives left them. <laughs> They are the epitome of the guy where it's like, I already did the dishes. And you're like, yeah, you did most of them. And the rest of the apartment's still gross. Yeah. It's like, yep. and the, the other, like on a similar, so on this similar train of thought that I was going down, I was also like, I cannot, I was so convinced that they were going to go, like Saruman was going to come into the story and like, oh, we found out he's turned evil or whatever. And they were going to somehow get them back over on their side. And Saruman was going to join them in this final, final battle to help. Nope. Nope. Oh, no. He's now, just don't forget that evil tower. is evil. Yeah, evil is evil. He's just stuck in his tower. 
I don't think he deserves redemption. I hate him. Okay, but we said the same thing about Zuko in season one, and look where we are now no, as a society. No, <laughs> I never said that about Zuko. Don't come at me like that. Uh, okay? I don't know. I think Saruman could have been, I think that could have been a really interesting story of like, this is what happens when like you turn towards darkness and evil and propaganda and whatever. But like, there's still always this option to turn yourself around and head back in the other direction towards goodness. But nope! Since you brought up Prince Zuko, I think that with Saruman, it's like, we don't care about him enough for that to be like a satisfying use of yeah, workspace. You right. know, like Zuko, it's like you learn, you almost know Zuko like better than Aang for a I while. Think... And so it's like when he turns around, it's so no, satisfying. I, get that. I think it in, in like in my mind, I was like, oh, we're obviously going to need Saruman's additional power to help defeat Sauron yeah. and everything. But nope. We don't need no Saruman. We don't need him. Fine. Yeah, he he's evil Whatever. All we really need was the power of heart and a can't-quit spirit. And friendship. <laughs> You'll never know, love. Oh, friendship. <laughs> so, okay, and then my other thought is, like, wow, Tolkien just went straight into, like, wrapping it up. Like, there was zero... Like, when you learn about narrative, basic narrative structure in school, you reach the climax, and then there's a bit of falling action, and then it moves into, like, resolution. Tolkien was like, fuck that falling action, we're going right into resolution. Uh Uh-uh, I don't care. Like, the climax of, I'm using Harry Potter again as an example, whatever, fight me. I would say, like, a good, the climax of Deathly Hallows is when Harry walks into the forest and Voldemort does a vada cadavra and like that's the climax and then the falling action is like him being with Dumbledore in purgatory and then coming back to life and then we have this like second part of the battle that's more hopeful and then we kill Voldemort because at that point there's like you know that he is going to succeed and win and it's going to be great. So I was really expecting that like this would at least be a chapter dedicated to like that part of the story where like, okay, it's not moving straight into like happy fun times where everyone hugs each other and drinks beer and eats food together. But no, that's exactly what happens. There is like one page of quote unquote falling action. And then Tolkien's like, all right, Let's get going. We got a lot of characters to wrap up. <laughs> what if the falling action and the resolution are swapped? Oh, jeez. <laughs> this makes me concerned. Just like a speculation. I've never read this book before, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, well then, uh, no further questions I mean, or rants. I, you got like then. 100 I, pages left. I've been told that the rest of this... <laughs> Is just wrap up, okay? I've been led uh, to believe I mean, that yeah. the rest of these 100 pages are going to be. So the next chapter is the steward and the king. I'm assuming we get back to Faramir because he's the steward. And then, or I guess, yeah, Faramir. And then uh, the king is obviously Aragorn. And then at some point, the king in the Aragorn south. and Arwen get married. I don't know. I, Actually, I don't know if they do whoa, that. Whoa, spoilers. I, I don't know that. That doesn't <laughs> happen. I've never read this at before. At some point, they make their way to Lothlorien so that Arwen and Aragorn can get married, and then we fade to black again. Wrong. And then actually, nope, it's just the hobbits saying goodbye to everyone in Lothlorien, and then they make their way back to the Shire. And then in the Shire, they meet 
Oh, who is this? It's Bilbo. He's He's been here this whole time. Sam plants his garden with his... Bo- oh, yeah, which, by the way, Gandalf gives Aww. back to Frodo and Sam. He's like, oh, here are Galadriel's gifts. Here's the vial of pure oh, yeah. elven light magic. Oh, and here's your box of dirt, Sam, that you <laughs> but that's all he want won. to plant your garden with. And then Hufflepuffs like dirt. And then okay. it's gonna zoom out. And then the last chapter, what is called Grey Havens, which to me seems like a retirement home name. So <laughs> Ooh, it kind of is. You're not wrong. Ooh, I'm imagining that it's we zoom out on Frodo. He's in his armchair, sitting by the fire, <laughs> and we zoom out, and he closes the book that Bilbo wrote about his adventures, and then. Like, that's how the story ends. Mary Clay, these are all great predictions. The real question as to whether or not that's a satisfying read for you is, were you really worried about all of this ring stuff? Or is it about the friends we made along the way? Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the thing. It's like, that's the other thing that annoys me is that we spent 900 pages leading up to the ring being destroyed. The The, like, struggle of the ring being destroyed happens within it's like it's like one page of like you walk in and frodo is there and then frodo and Gollum have a fight and then Gollum falls back with the ring and dies and the ring is destroyed that happens over the course of one page and then it's another 100 pages of resolution okay but legitimate question you know what tolkien's writing is like (laughs) Would you have preferred he go into great detail about that? About the main conflict of the series? Yes. I would prefer yeah, for there to be Mary an entire Clay. chapter. So, okay, so y'all haven't heard my thoughts about Mount Doom yet because that hasn't come out yet. But I thought it was going to be like a video game level, basically, where they show up to Mount Doom and, Sa- the, like, dungeons, and Sauron right? is there and they have to like somehow trick Sauron mm. or fight him. And then maybe, actually, like, this is um, what I thought was going to happen. Is I thought Sauron was going to be distracted with Frodo and Frodo was going to be fighting him or trying to fight. And then we turn and he's like, oh, you hobbit, you thought you would do this. And then Frodo's like, no, I never could have done this by myself and then we pan over and Sam has You'll snuck never around know more friendship. and he has the ring and he throws it in the lava and like that's why I thought everyone was so team Sam is because I thought Sam destroyed the ring. I mean, your Sauron is Ganon from Legend Okay, Zelda. look. <laughs> so the ultimate issue here though is that we've worked up a lot of like thoughts and feelings and action and the ultimate thing that we're waiting for is a single piece of jewelry being dropped which happens on accident one million times every day just ask Haley about her experience (laughs) with rings because I've been there for some serious nightmare situations I mean it also (laughs) happened by accident this time Okay, Brooke and Christina, that brings us to the end of this episode. Wow. Where can people find you on the internet? I'm Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Tina Fontina. Um, you should also listen to my podcast, The Restricted Section. You'll find Brooke and Mary Clay there as well. Um, and you'll hear 
more shenanigans with my really annoying cat Dante, who doesn't know if he wants to be in or out right now. Um, it's a Harry Potter podcast for grownups, which is why I curse so much. Uh, Sorry. My name is Baruch Matherly. You can find me on Instagram at Passion for Parks. I post a lot of stuff about national parks and my life. You can find me on Twitter at Grumpy Brook. And you can also hear me on the upcoming podcast from our network, the Movie Night Crew Network, uh, releasing at the end of August, the Cringe Cast, which is a show about the writing that people do as children and how they look back on it and know that they've grown. Oh my god! I literally cannot wait. Listeners, this is breaking news for me. I didn't know that. Like it was very like I knew that this podcast. Uh, was being developed and whatnot, but I didn't know that like it's coming soon to a internet near you. This is very yeah, exciting. Yeah, should be end of oh August. My yeah. Oh, that's so that's excited. so fun. I can't wait for that. And then also, what is something that you much like we do on on the restricted section? What's something that you guys are enjoying right now that you would recommend to the listeners? I've recently been reading a book that was um forced upon me by Haley. Um who has great taste in books for the most part, so I trusted her. Um, it's The Lies of Locke Lamora. It's the first book in the Gentleman Bastard series. And it's like, um, the back cover says it's like Robin Hood meets Ocean's Eleven, and that's like a great description of it. It's like a medieval fantasy, but it's like this elaborate heist. And I'm uh, only 100 pages in, well, I'm about 200 pages into this like seven or 800 page long book, and it's already like, there's already been a plot twist that blew my mind. And so I'm like, oh my god, the ride's only beginning. So um, I do recommend that for people who like um, maybe the more like Pippin-y nonsense of Lord of the Rings. Um, I would say that if you enjoy the kind of like quirky songs and side quests of Lord of the Rings, get yourself an unabridged complete collection of the original Grim fairy tales. There is so much mm. in there that you haven't mm. read. It's so fascinating. I'm literally looking at my copy right now. I love nothing more than reading like two or three of these before bed. Um, they're fascinating uh, and they're so entertaining in their weirdness like they're not always good but they're always a story that you're like why is this a written piece of literature yeah they're wild brothers grim man they're not your grandma's fairy tales they're creepy and they're kooky they're all together spooky just kidding that's the adams family um (laughs) i was like i know i've heard that somewhere before (laughs) that's what i'm talking about as a proud member of wbne you can learn more about the network by going to wbne the wbne.org where you can also find other shows on the network such as late to the party our dungeons and dragons podcast in a world not unlike our own it is a balmy 80 degrees in miami florida i'm chaotic neutral tiefling monk i don't recall there being tieflings in miami now you know the hammer toss isn't an actual hammer right it is in this universe okay no it's a, it's a big old it's a big old hammer it's a big old sledgehammer <laughs> Where magic and monsters run rampant. Kind of looks like a bug monster. Oh, Jordan has showed us a diagram of, uh, I think, Red Eye's Black Dragon from the Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh my god. Uh, Well, I speak Infernal, so I'm going to ask it what the heck it is. A real estate agent. Lily Davis, who sells real estate by day. A football coach. I love you. Don't touch my flowers. A failed actor. I am a former Broadway star. And a teenager. Sunny days, a student in college, crazy, right? Must save the world. And you're waving your clipboard back and forth, and... Do I feel my clipboard connect with something? Coming March 23rd to WBNE, late to the party.
The cover is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod, and you can also join the Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsApp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so at Patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod. There are lots of different tiers and perks for all kinds of financial situations. You can become a member of the Elevensies tier, which gives you access to bonus content, like my crazy, insane notes on each of the chapters. I share the notes that I take in my journal. And you'll also get access to the audio and the content that I have to cut from episodes that go over, like this one. Oh, by the way, did I mention, hey, it's future Mary Clay, what up? Um, Christina, Brooke, and I talked a lot about stuff that, you guessed it, went off topic a bit. There was an entire seven-minute tangent that began with horror movies, and then we moved into mirrors, and then that got us into Harry Potter, and then we started talking about the houses and how the houses might react to the ring. It was a lot of great stuff that, unfortunately, I had to cut because otherwise, this episode would have been way too long. So you can get access to stuff like that. Or you can become a sponsor of the podcast like Mayor. Mayor, thank you so much for being a sponsor of this week's episode. I appreciate your support so much. Future Mary Clay is going to have to jump in here and provide answers for, uh, for the discussion question a couple weeks ago. So she'll do that now. Yes, what up? It's me again. So a couple weeks ago, the discussion question was not really a question. It was, in fact, a request for your hopeful quotes. Amy on Facebook, a former guest Amy, hi Amy, said, when we hit our lowest point, we are open to the greatest change. And that is from our homeboy Aang in Legend of Korra, which is on Netflix, by the way. Um, You should watch it. And I will bring this up every episode from now until the end of time. In Discord, Eni shared a lame quote, she knows me, even the darkest night will end and the sun will rise. And Claire in Discord also said, Courage cannot erase our fears. Courage is when we face our fears, which is from Newsies. Okay, back to past Mary Clay. And then this week's discussion question is, what is one of your favorite reunions in fiction? The the moment in, in a book or a story or, or a movie or whatever, where everyone is is reunited and it feels so good. I'm th- In my mind right now, I'm imagining at the end of Sorcerer's Stone, the movie, when Harry comes out of the hospital wing and Ron and Hermione are just are standing there waiting for him and they're all smiling at each other. Oh my gosh. Okay. All that being said, Christina and Brooke, thank you for joining me for this chapter discussion. Do you guys have any parting words for the audience? I was going to read that quote that I liked so much, but then it took my bookmark out already. So Brooke, do no. you have a parting wait, word? Wait, wait, oh, okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I have a parting word. I have a parting word. Wait, seamlessly edit this. <laughs> Great. I'm not going to edit any of this. <laughs> okay, okay. Mary Clay, I'm glad that you are here with me here at the end of you all. You say that like this is my last episode. I'm going to have several more episodes after this, and that's what I'm talking about. I know. It just feels like the end, right? <laughs> Man, I'm in a. I ruined your ending. <laughs> no, no, I love it.